The words, don't let your heart be troubled, are not the uh, spiritual equivalent to keep a stiff upper lip. Welcome to the Bethany Lutheran Sermon Podcast for the fifth week of Easter 2020. Today's message is entitled, Troubling Times, Untroubled Hearts, from Pastor Kevin Kreitzer. The text is the appointed gospel reading for this week from John, the 14th chapter. The Apostle Paul writes these words, There is one God and Father of us all, who is over all, through all, and in all. And in his house he has room for all. So says his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. We heard him say it in this morning's gospel reading. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back to take you to be with me, that you may be where I am. Jesus, who is going to that place for us, came to this place for us. This place of fears he came as servant, healer, mender. Through his death we heaven claim, there to reign in splendor. Jesus came to this place, earth, to take your place and to take you to his place, heaven. A place we do not deserve. A place we could never earn. For none of us have kept God's law whole, nor ourselves holy. It was both the proclamation and the conclusion of prophet and apostle alike we heard last week. All of us have gone astray. All of us have turned to our own way. None of us have kept God's law whole, nor ourselves holy. Jesus came to this place, to take our place. He came to live the life of a perfect, baptized child of God. He kept God's law holy and himself holy. Jesus lived in perfect conformity to God's command and to his commission. He lived in absolute obedience to the Lord's word and the Lord's will. Jesus never once gave in to temptation. He never wandered, went astray, went his own way. He kept God's law whole and himself holy. He took our place and lived the life of a perfect, baptized child of God. Even when the devil promised him, come down from that high place, was the temple's pinnacle. Come down from that high place, and I'll give you the nations. And even when the crowd promised, come down from that high place, it was Golgotha's spectacle. Come down from that high place, and we'll give you our adoration. Jesus never gave in to temptation. And even when it was offered by friends who thought they were doing him a favor and speaking on behalf of God, no, Jesus, 
not you. You shall not suffer nor die. Jesus never gave in to temptation, not in desire or deed, but rather he would say, you have in mind the things of men, not of God. Jesus came to this place to take our place in obedience to the law and punishment for failure to keep the same. So that by the grace of God, through faith in his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, we might have a place with him in heaven. He would take his place with us on earth. And he would give us a place in his service. I'm pretty sure that such a promise, this certainty, these words of assurance, is why they are used so often in a Christian funeral service. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come back to take you to be with me that you may be where I am. You know, that sentence concludes in John's gospel with these words that are often not read at a funeral. I'm going away, but you'll continue doing as I've been doing. Now, the immediate context in John's gospel, what Jesus has been doing is teaching on death and resurrection. He's been restoring people. He's been instructing on the nature of his being and engaging in serving others. The words, don't let your heart be troubled, are not the uh, spiritual equivalent to keep a stiff upper lip. Maybe to the shock of some Lutherans, Jesus is not a German. This is not stoicism in any way, shape, or form. If you don't trust me, take it from the first Lutheran German, a guy named Martin. As he was reading this text, he wrote these words in reflection. It's as if Jesus is saying to his disciples, my dear ones, I know you very well. And I know what your lot will be after I depart from you. Sheer terror and fear will overwhelm you. This spectacle of my faith will fill you with trepidation. Your hearts will melt and you will scarcely know where to turn. I'm telling you this before it happens to keep you from growing faint hearted. Be bold. Be prepared for the struggle. Now, I don't know what level of struggle you've been personally engaging with over the last two months. Maybe for some of you, this entire time has left you feeling overwhelmed and filled with trepidation. For others of us, perhaps it's kind of been a wave. Uh, there are certain occasions where we feel faint-hearted, and maybe disorientated. And others of us have maybe just simply felt sheer terror at the response to the whole thing. I don't know where you are on that sliding scale. But the reformer has something to say to us. 
When there is good fortune and all is well with the world, the world thinks that it will go on like that forever. It lives as if the devil and every kind of grief no longer exists. But later, when anxiety and trouble suddenly befall the world, and it is immediately laid low, and heart and courage is gone, it is found despondent and despairing, as though comfort and hope would never return. In short, Luther continues, the world supposes that whatever time we are in, these times will never end. The Christian should always think like this, I can weather every storm, and I can enjoy each calm, because I draw my comfort and my confidence alone from the Lord and his word. We Lutherans of Bethany kind of echoed those words in a way at the beginning of this pandemic, did we not? We said, God's got this. God's got us. And in Christ Jesus, we have him. Therefore, we will not fear, nor will we act cavalier. But act we will. In fact, Jesus calls us to act in the end of these words in John 14. He says, you will do as I have been doing. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. They'll do even greater things. Let me ask you, what greater things are there than the work of salvation? The accomplishment of redemption. The, the preparation for his own in heaven. What greater works could there possibly be? There are many, including Luther in his writing, that believe what Jesus is saying is, my work shall continue in the multiplication of many. Through the workers sent into the harvest field, or the words of last week, through the flock that is made up of so many countless individuals, my work will continue. You know, during this time of pandemic in our world, we've heard a lot of words of thanks for doctors and nurses, for first responders and law enforcement officers, for grocers and restaurateurs and retailers, and, and rightly so. We do thank the Lord for your service. Luther writes this about service as he's exploring John the 14th chapter. He says, In both the spiritual and temporal realms, the greatest works in the world, even though not recognized or acknowledged, I think if Martin were a modern, he probably would have said, even if they don't have a hashtag, haven't made a commercial about them, there are no banners uh, regarding them, even though they are not recognized nor acknowledged, the greatest works in this world are constantly being performed by Christians. I might add, in the context of this, Christians who, when as their Lord, are found teaching on the realities of death and resurrection, performing works 
of restoration. Engaging in the nature of serving and instructing about the nature of their own being. You know, when we're uh, together apart, uh, when the church is acting in a completely different way than it has acted at least in most of our lifetimes, there's a lot of things that are kind of, you know, uncertain. One of the things I think is wonderfully powerful about it is today Jesus reminds us that to do as he's been doing doesn't require a program, doesn't require a board, doesn't require a decision, just requires individual action. You don't need to diagram it in a brother or sister, though you should seek to observe it in them and strive for it in yourself. There is an intended pattern in these words. Jesus says, as the Father is in me and I am in him. It is equally true that Christ is in you and you are in him. Be who you are in him. These words uh, call for personal action. You, you serve others. The way Jesus served uh, right after he spoke these words was he washed his disciples' feet. Serve others by humbling yourself and seeking to lift them up. You, you. Instruct others in, in the nature of your being. Freely confess that in and of yourself you've gone astray, turn to your own way, are completely worthy of condemnation and unworthy of eternal celebration. But through Jesus Christ, who kept God's law whole and himself holy in your place, God sees you as righteous, forgiven, his own dear daughter, his own dear son, and he's deployed you as his servant on earth. So you, you, Restore others. The work of restoration in society, uh, in ministry, through one lonely, hurting body is a calling we receive today. Restoration of society begins as we pray for our leaders, as we pledge ourselves to honesty and decency and value the same. Restoration of ministry as things start to reopen in phases, maybe slower than we would like, there are going to be a whole lot of irons in the church's fire. Our talents, our time, our treasures, probably more important than ever. Restoration of a single, lone, hurting body. Think of all the great parables about the restoration of an individual. The parable of a prodigal parent, the parable of a good Samaritan caring for one hurting lone body makes an eternal difference. And teach about the reality of death and resurrection. I think what that means for us in this context is as the season of Easter closes, we're just a week away. As the season of Easter closes, 
The Easter cry continues ever. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ shall come again. And when he does, he will take you to his place. Until then, don't let your hearts be troubled, for he is in this place with you, and he sent you into the place of service. For God's got this. God's got you. And in Christ, you've got God. And, O oh Christian, in you, the world's got Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you would like to support this podcast or the ministry of Bethany Lutheran Church in Long Beach, California, you can text the word GIVE to 562-210-0463. That's GIVE, G-I-V-E, to 562-210-0463. Join us next week as Pastor Seth Mormon brings us a message entitled, Beloved, Beloved, Be Loved.